coming up on a brand new episode of Hello Ross, the unbelievably funny Randy Rainbow is here to say. Publicist calls. It's like, oh, I didn't even know they were reading the nominations and my publicist calling. That actually happened because I didn't even bother to um, to think that this could happen. I didn't even ask when they were going to read the nominations. <laughs> that and so much more today on a brand new episode of Hello Ross. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. A big day here because I, I don't know about you, but when things go on in, in the world and politics and, and, and all of that, that can be so ugly. There are there are people I turn to, you know, that I want to I want to, to see it through their eyes. I want to I want to I want to say, OK, I know the facts. I think I understand the facts. But like, how do we feel about it? Uh, how do I process it? And then ultimately, how do we just laugh about it? Because, because the truth is, there's so much insane crap going on in the world. I mean, you know, we know if you pay attention at all, you know, and um, it's it's not easy to wade through it. And so the people, the comedians, the artists that can like talk about what 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 we're all going through in a way that like puts a spin on it or makes us smile about it. Those people are just invaluable. They are. Uh, there are certain people I go to for that. Howard Stern's one of them. I, I love going to him because he just has such a, a take. He, he plants his flag and he has a POV and he, he talks about it and and helps helps me understand it more in a, in, a, in, a, in a different way. And, you know, another one, another person that does that, Randy Rainbow. Randy Rainbow, who does the most hilarious song parodies about current events, has quickly become a person that we turn to uh, after a big event happens. Something will happen in the news, and I think to myself, I cannot wait to see what Randy Rainbow has to sing about this. Now, you know, if you don't know who Randy Rainbow is, where you been, girl? But if you do know, then you know Randy Rainbow is a great singer, of course, like just like Broadway uh, 101. He's just, you know, show tunes are, flow through his veins. And he's also managed to carve a niche out that no one was doing. These, these political song parodies that are so outrageously funny, no matter where you lie on the political spectrum, funny is funny. And he's done such an incredible job. He's one of a kind. No one else has been able to do what he has done on the level that he has done it. And the success coming his way. I'm talking multiple Emmy nominations, Grammy nominations right now, nominated for this year, right now, nominations are out. The Grammys will be in January. He's nominated for Best Comedy Album along like comedy greats. And and there's Randy Rainbow right there. It, it's phenomenal what he's done. And I, I don't really know him. I met him one time at, at RuPaul's Drag Race. He was doing like a, a quick segment where he was involved in one of the challenges. And I just was like, Randy, oh my God, I love you. And we, we didn't get time to converse that much. Um, and so this interview actually happened through like people. Normally, I just like text someone, a friend or someone to get them on the show. But this happened like through the proper channels of like a publicist and a person. And, you know, Randy Rainbow, would you want to talk to him about? I was like, are, are you kidding me? Would I want to talk to Randy Rainbow? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. Grammy nominee, cultural icon and, and one of a kind. 
So coming up after the break, and just just a BT dubs, uh, I was sick when we recorded this. It was like just gunk, you know? It wasn't COVID or anything. It was just like when you have, remember the old school cold or gunk? I had that. So my voice is a little uh, raspy, and Randy went out the night before and was a little, uh, how do you say, hungover? <laughs> don't, don't listen to me. Just listen to him explain it. Because after the break, the one and only, the iconic, the hilarious, one of a kind, Randy Rainbow is here to say, hello, Ross. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hello, Ross. Well, Randy Rainbow, look at you. Look at me, Ross. <laughs> can I? Do you want? Do Do you want to be honest? Do you want to start this honestly? Or do you want to? You want to? You want to bull, bullshit? Can I say shit? You can say anything you want here, but let's go honest. What do you want? I am hungover today. <laughs> I was at the opening night party of Some Like It Hot on Broadway last night. I won't lie. Yes. And okay. We lived it up. So I'm all right, but I'm just telling you. You you want to talk about voice? I am giving you full B. Arthur. Go. You are. Listen, I th- that musical everyone's talking about. Amy Sedaris just put it on Instagram that she was there last night. How how was it? It was fabulous. It was fabulous. And I, I was the guest of uh, Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman, who, who wrote it. And uh, they got raves. So, uh, you know, it, the party turned into an after party, turned into an after after party. And we just, uh, you know, it was great. But the show is, it's a real Broadway show. It's like, you know, old school Broadway. Fabulous. Well, that's Mark Shaman, right? He, he what shows is he? He did Hairspray, right? Hairspray and... Uh, Oh God, here we go. Uh, Catch Me If You Can, I think was his last one. He wrote, they wrote, of course, Smash, all the music for that great TV show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and I'm looking at you and I love that you just were honest, that you're hung over and yet you kept your commitment to, and here I am with this hoarse voice too. And this is pros. We're old, you know, show business workhorses. It's time, we're here. The show must go on. Why are you sick? What's going on with you? I've had like this little crud and it's not COVID. Anyway, it, it it honestly is the butchest I've ever sounded. So I'm kind of into it. You know what I mean? Like, I think now is when I could really get that phone sex career going. Randy between Rainbow. The two of, but between my hangover and your cold, it sounds like two like men on the phone together. Like two dude bros. <laughs> Finally. It's so masked Finally. Mask. Listen, can I? Yeah. Can I tell you, I think you were born, Mask for Mask is so funny. I think you were born for show business. And there's a few reasons. One, because you're an undeniable talent, okay? Two is because of your intellect, knowing what the marketplace needs. But three, you were born Randy Rainbow. The name you mean? Yeah, I wouldn't make that shit up. Very difficult childhood. It's working out for me now. (laughs) But that is your name. So is rainbow, your your dad was a rainbow, your grandparents were a rainbow, it's it's a whole family line of rainbows? Yeah, and I, and I don't even remember, I, I 
finally found out the the full origin story of the name, and I write it in my book in chapter one. And it's it, it was it was Regenbogen, which is the the German translation for rainbow, but then it was just literally translated. And there, if, read chapter one of the book because I don't even remember it myself. But the end of the story is yes, rainbow wasn't Rabinowitz or anything like that, you know. Yeah, I love that because I did do do some research and I was like, what was he born? What was his name when he was born? And when did he choose? And then that's what I find right away. No, born that way. Were you born that way? Right. Yeah. We're talking about Mark Shaman, Broadway, The Hangover. Have you always loved Broadway? Yes. I mean, yeah, it's been like a, a just a lifeline for me and just my, one of my greatest passions. Are you a Broadway boy? I don't even know. I love Broadway. I don't go like you. I, I mean, can't imagine that you're not. Don't break my heart right now. No, I grew up on the West Coast, so it, it wasn't an offer, you know, or an option for me. But you, you grew up on Long Island, actually really close to where I live now on Long Island. Like, really close. Oh, okay. And so I picture you as a little kid, like... Did you take the train in to go to shows? What'd you do? No, I mean, I was um, I was a ballet boy and uh, talk about mask for mask. And uh, so when we, we would come into the city from, from Long Island, we would come in like for ballet camp trips and things like that and see Broadway shows. And my parents would let me in every once in a while to see stuff. But I was, af- I was afraid of my, I mean, until I moved back here when I was 21, three years ago. Um, I was afraid of my own shadow and like, I, I, I couldn't dream of taking the subway. I, I mean, as a kid, I wasn't one of those like real scrappy New York children. Were you just a demure little thing? You just couldn't, you, you couldn't get yourself on the train and get to the city? Oh, I was horrified of my own shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Still am. Wait, are you being serious? Were you scared? Cause I look at you now and you do, you seem completely fair, fearless. Are you serious? Is that what you see? Oh my God, I hope you're so good. No, scared of everything. I mean, scared, I was so scared of, I didn't, when I moved back to New York, when all of my friends moved to New York to start pounding the pavement and auditioning for Broadway shows like you're supposed to do, I was too afraid to do that. I I just had to move back and sort of like grow into a a, a full-fledged human and, and, and just like needed to work in restaurants and like, get an apartment and like, you know, baby steps. And thank God this little thing called YouTube came along and I was able to kind of hone my craft and put myself out there from the comfort of my own home. Because while I did audition for certain things and I did, you know, I, as a kid, I, I, I auditioned for all the school shows and all of that. And I spent a lot of time on stage. When I moved to New York, I, I just lost a lot of uh, confidence. That is, I find that fascinating because I was thinking about as I, I was lucky enough to be able to sit down with you. I was thinking like, look at this guy who has d- done such a, something so smart, like taking his skill set, found a way to share it with the masses. And what you do is you really plant a flag and have an opinion. I mean, you go after I mean, Trump specifically and a lot of some some fringe right wing people, you, you go after them. So the word that popped in my head was fearless. So to hear you say that you are riddled with fear is like fascinating to me because I think you have to have balls to do what you do. How did it all go down? We know you're, you love theater, theater kid. You're, you, you dreamed of that. How did you decide or choose, or did it happen to you that you started making these videos? How? Uh, I, I started, you know, in 2010, I had a blog back when everyone had a blog and I was sort of, I was, I was a receptionist at an accounting firm, which was thrilling. You can imagine. How did you answer the phone? Hey girl, 
Um, it was a, it was a Broadway accounting firm. So I was a receptionist at at first a, a production office. The, actually, the production office that uh, produced Hairspray, and and the Patty Lapone revival of Sweeney Todd. So like sometimes I would answer the phone and it would be Patty Lapone or it'd be Elaine Stritch. Um, so yeah, it was I was, like, it was the gayest receptionist position available in New York, and then I transferred to their accounting firm. So again, theater related, um, but it was it was horribly, you know, soul crushing, as you can imagine, for someone like myself who like, you know, is a creative person. So I just started writing blogs and trying to be funny. Mm. It was soul crushing because it was just, it was soul crushing because it was just mundane work. Yeah. You know, I, I was stapling K-1s and, and answering phones and rummaging through old tax documents, trying to figure out what Patti Lapone made on the revival of Gypsy, et cetera. And See, um, that part sounds fun. Yeah, you know, sometimes I would get like, you know, I'd be like a little um, gay. Um, well, I'm trying to think of the, you know, a, a, a detective. I couldn't like a private it. dick, a detective. A private dick. Thank you. Dick. Um, I so so that was that was fun, but but otherwise it was horrible. So I started writing these blogs. It got a little traction in the gay and Broadway communities. And then, you know, the, the performer in me, the ham in me, you understand, Ross, wanted to come out. And so I said, let me put myself on film. This was sort of like when YouTube, like everyone was starting to, you know, be a YouTuber. So I, um, I, I would discuss topical things in my blog. This was around the time when Mel Gibson's, um, you know, his whole scandal with his voicemails to his, Ex person. Oh my God. I'll never forget. Yeah. Right. Those, you know, horrible anti Semitic, homophobic rants just were, they were all over the place. You know, the ones. Mm -hmm. So I decided to make, to do sort of like a sketch where I would, where I played his boyfriend. And so I walked around my apartment having romantic phone conversations with those awful phone rants, <laughs> him screaming at me on the other end. And I'd be like, okay, sweetie, well, I'll see you after work. You know, and then he'd like scream something anti-Semitic at me. And um, so that kind of got went viral-ish and I got a little bit of a following. And, and then I just kind of followed the bouncing ball from there. And, and that was sort of, that became my shtick. And I just plugged myself into all of the, you know, headlines. I kind of Forrest gumped myself into whatever everyone was talking about. Cut to 2016, the presidential election. Trump was then elected. I don't know if you heard. And that kind of took it. Oh, really? I need to look into that. I didn't know that. Please do. And that took it clearly to the next level. So, but yes, it kind of was just, it kind of came to me to answer your question. It did. It just was, you know, fate almost. It's fate. And I think like there's such a lesson there for people who have that dream or whatever dream, you know what I mean? If you just sort of kind of create and like use your tools in your tool belt, as I say too many times, I say way too often, but if you just create and make opportunities, something will click and something will happen because suddenly you went from like having your blog, doing a couple of videos to just being like the voice of opposition for everyone gay. That's what it felt like to me. It was like whenever anything big would happen with Trump, I would be like, oh, I cannot wait to see Randy Rainbow's response to this. You know what I mean? That That is what you became. And I have questions about how you do it because you're very quick. As something goes down in the public eye, within a day or two or three or something, you've got a fully produced you know, video, green screen, special effects, original song, parody, written, recorded, harmonized, 
How in the hell do you do that? Do you just have CNN or MSNBC on and then you just stop and do not sleep for 48 hours until it's out there in the world? Yeah, well, certainly for the first uh, few years of Trump, I, there was not a lot of sleeping happening because I was you know, really trying to keep up. I really kind of gave myself this assignment. This was like a project and I had to cover everything that happened. And as you know, every day was a new catchphrase or a new scandal. I mean, it wasn't great, but for comedians, it was pretty great. It was great. It was horrible for the country. Great for my career. And that's all we care about. Um, so I, I really, I, and in those days, I really, now my, my production is still the same. I still do everything out of my apartment. I have a room now that I can come into and actually do this stuff, but it's still home-based. And I also have a music team who helps me, who, who does original music tracks for me. So in the old days, I would just rip karaoke tracks and that would take like two seconds so I could do it overnight if I needed to. Now I'll give myself a week because we have a little bit of a, a more of a musical production. But who's writing the actual lyrics? Who's sitting down and- I am. You are. I write it, I, I record it, I film it, I edit it. And now I just have, I have a, I have a, I have a musical director who writes some of my backup, har- writes all of my backup harmonies and arranges these songs so that they're interesting. And then we have um, a producer who, you know, orchestrates them and has actual Broadway musicians recording the tracks for me special. But, but I write, but I write everything. And look at the business you have created out of this. You know what I mean? That, the, the, this hard work that you did, you, you tour, your, your videos go completely viral you're nominated for emmys just nominated for a grammy Ju- i mean literally thank you i thought you'd never mention it you're welcome well the yeah the grammy <laughs> nominations come out i'm looking at comedy out i see and you are nominated what was what is this like when you get a call who calls you when you're nominated for a grammy i just want to know so i'm ready for it that was a real like douchebag like story that you hear when the publicist calls and it's like, oh, I didn't even know they were reading the nominations and my publicist called me. That actually happened because I didn't even bother to um, to think that this could happen. I didn't even ask when they were going to read the nominations. The the um, my my record label uh, said we'd like to submit you. I said sure, go for it, whatever. And then I never asked a question. And the morning of, so they actually told you. They said, we're submitting you. And then months went by because you know how that goes. There's a whole thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, I, yeah, I got a call the morning of from the publicist, my friend Victoria, who said, you're nominated for a fucking Grammy. And it's it's up against, you know, it's it's a major category. It's the best comedy album category. And I'm up against Dave Chappelle, Louis C.K., uh, Jim Gaffigan, and... Um, Patton Oswalt. Okay, this is so funny. Like, you could not be more different. And me. And you. you. (laughs) So what do you do now? Are you to try to win one? Because you know you want it. I would want it. What are you going to, are you, do you campaign? Do you have to go to events? What do you do? I'm sleeping with everyone (laughs) in the academy. (laughs) I'm trying or, or, you know, sleeping with everyone and then hoping they're in the the academy. I'm not actually doing research. (laughs) I don't know what you do. I think that they're, I think that they're in a couple of weeks, they'll have me like post some things like, please vote for me. That's um, so crazy. The record label takes out some ads and things like that, but it's nuts. But in February, they're all be, uh, you know. Now, if you win, when you win, when you win, uh, will I get one thank you or like multiple mentions in the speech? Oh, probably it will just be, I will just like to play this, this interview back and tell them this is why I am here tonight. Because of my darling Ross Matthews. 
but you have experience with this. Four-time Emmy nominees. You're a New York Times bestselling author. Your book, Playing With Myself, is everywhere, right? Um, and then you have the Randy Rainbow podcast, which premieres every Thursday. What do you talk about in your podcast? Um, you know, I just kibitz like you do. Uh, I've been, we've been lucky to have some great guests. Um, we just moved in. We're still kind of finding our, our footing and our format. We just moved into a studio in Times Square. So now we're having people in person. But we just had uh, Sarah Silverman. We had Dan Savage. I had Carol Burnett, um, Josh Gad, Sean Hayes. So I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of like getting to talk to my idols and heroes. So it's just a blast. You know, how it goes. listen, and I was thinking about you and I, well, what could be next for you? And so I have a couple ideas. Can I pitch them to you? Please. I'm, I'm looking for options. I just saw the Rockettes uh, the other day and I um, was thinking, you know, it would, they do a lot with graphics and the big screen behind them. I think we do Randy, Randy Rainbow, the musical. Can we bring that to Broadway? Ross, I'm not at liberty to discuss anything at this early stage, but we are in very early developmental, very developmental stages with some very fancy schmancy Broadway type people. We might be aiming for hopefully a 2024 around election time kind of maybe limited engagement thing. I don't know. I can't say. Might not happen. This not gonna happen. is breaking news. We are breaking it right here on Hello Ross. News we can't talk about. I didn't know about, but it sounds like something's happening. You you know, you hit the nail on the head as far as my goals and my dreams. That would be ideal to, to be on Broadway. Yeah, think about that. Think Now I'm doing the math here. Say yeah. you win a Grammy. It could, it's going to happen in February, right? You've been nominated for four Emmys. You could win one, an Emmy. Now, if you're doing a Broadway thing, there's a Tony right there. Yeah, but I got to win one first. I'm a four-time Emmy loser. Thank you, James Corden. Don't worry about it. You could. You okay. are You are very close to three of the four needed letters to be an EGOT. Oscar, Emmy, Tony, Grammy. Yeah, but you got to so, win So, okay, we're... we're we're working on we're working on, on the Grammy, the Emmy, the Tony's coming up. How do we get you the Oscar? What do we do here? Because I well, that's the easy one. Um, I don't know. That's always the one that 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 got away for everybody. I love I you said know. that's the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did you ever think that this could all be a possibility? Like when you were a kid growing up on Long Island, is what I know you were a performer. You wanted this, but did you believe it that it would happen? I guess somewhere deep in inside of me, I did. And you, and you talk about, you know, it, it, I find that a compliment that you think I'm fearless in any way. And I suppose in some regard, I do have, I, I kind of took stock of this past couple of years just recently. And I said, gee, I guess I did grow some courage uh, along the way. And I, and, and people do say things like, oh, you're so brave to do what you do. And I guess it's, you know, it's you, you must find this yourself. I, I feel we're very much cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. But within that enormous insecurity, there's there's some sort of belief in yourself and, and some drive. Um, and they both kind of nurture one another, I guess. So I'm enormously insecure and scared of everything. But yeah, I always kind of knew that this is what I got to do. Yeah, the subtitle to my first book is, uh, it's called Man Up, and the subtitle is Tales of My Delusional Self-Confidence. I think we kind of have to be delusionally self-confident to to achieve any success. But I also talk about, and I, I'm actually thinking about when we had Kathy Griffin 
here on, on Hello Ross, not that long ago, but a month or so ago. And she talked a lot about, you know, the, the hate that she received from one side of the political aisle because of what she went after somebody. And, and because of you and your, I think, fearlessness and you, you stake your flag planted and have a POV, right? Do you get that same kind of vitriol, that same hate online? Are you getting that from ultra white wing fringe conservatives? Do they come at you? Yes. I mean, my stock answer to that used to be, you'd be surprised by how much hate mail I don't get because I, I guess I was naive to a lot of it. Also, I think that social media has kind of probably around 2020 taken a very dark turn and there's a lot more vitriol, at least, you know, I, I, it's getting to me. It's, it, you know, I'm, I'm finally now seeing the hate. So yeah, I, you know, if you dare to look and that's, it's foolish if you do. So I try never to, I, you know, I kind of drop and go with social media these days. Um, but I, I get it from all sides and it's not necessarily just ultra MAGA people too. It's like, you know, I, 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 I made a video in 2020 back when everyone was jizzing all over Andrew Cuomo, um, who was, you know, the governor of New York where I live at the time. And I made I made a, a video about that. And it was sort of, you know, I, I was one of those people who was happy with, with, with the job he was doing then, you know, aside and apart from anything else. Um, but it was sort of also like a, a roast of everyone suddenly having the hots for Andrew Cuomo and like this craze, this craze that was going on. Um, I remember some people saying they were Cuomosexuals. They were right. all obsessed with him. So I, that yeah. was the, my, my big catchphrase in the video, which people later thought that I coined. I didn't. I was sort of just mocking everyone who was, again, jizzing all over Andrew Cuomo suddenly, myself included, because people, you know, any kind of extremism or like, you know, fanaticism is funny. And I was sort of mocking it as much as it was also sort of a, a love letter in a way at the time. Um, but the point is people, you know, not certainly not just from the right, from all sides who who were not happy with me about that. And they they thought that I I created that whole, you know, like as though I, I was working in some official capacity on his in his uh, office or something. But does it get to you? Does it when you get whatever the hate is, does it affect you? Does it make you take pause next time you have an idea like, oh, should I do that? Or is it going to be a response or do you just ignore it? Again, I used to say, no, nothing's off limits, but I'd be lying if I said that. Now I do. I do a little bit more. And I I try not to overthink that because you do have to kind of just, you know, put put blinders on and, and stick to your original intention. Otherwise, what are you doing? Like, you have to you have to have an opinion to do what I'm doing. So what are you going to do? But I do think about it a little more. Yeah, because I did tell you, you know, I think the people who do take such a stand... Um, it's why I love Howard Stern too, because things happen and I can't wait to turn him on the next day to see what he has to say about it. And you're, you're doing that. And I think that, I don't know, I find it in myself and I don't even really take stands like that. I just try to find a pun and a punchline and a giggle and move on. But I, I, even I find myself saying like, oh God, I shouldn't say that because there could be something this, or I've seen somebody taken down for this or something. So it is interesting that you are aware of what's going on out there. And, you know, I wonder if it gets stronger. I don't know how the pendulum's going to swing, but I wonder if there's a chance where, or a time where you'll ever be like, I have the best song in the entire world, something so funny, but I could never do it. I'm friend, my, one of my best friends is Jackie Beat, this great drag queen who is so edgy and has like the most- Love Jackie. Uh, you love Jackie, right? Just 
these parodies that are so crazy. And sometimes we come up with some, these things were like, well, that's so funny, but it will never see the light of day because it's way too out there that it would just turn off so many people. So that's got to, that, have you ever had an idea that you thought, I can't, I can't? I don't think that I, I, ha- I see, because I never, I always, from the beginning, have tried to present the, the you know, my work in a way that is as, you know, as least polarizing as possible. So if I am, you know, if I'm, if I am, have a strong opinion about something, I'm sort of, I'm almost being self-deprecating about it and that I'm, I'm being, you know, I say like, it's my, my videos are kind of like Rorschach tests. Like they, they, it depends on who's watching them. Everyone can see different things and people, you know, like people on the left or whatever you want to call it may see someone who's on their side, waving their flag, which is great. Terrific. Again, when you put the art out there, it's for the person, you know, who receives it to, to do with it as they will. Um, but some people on, you know, people on the right or who have the opposite opinion of what I am presenting in the videos can think, you know, this is like the, the epitome of that, you know, crazy snowflake who is subject to hysterical fits of, you know, bursting into musical theater. Um, uh, so you, you can see it all sorts of ways. I, so I try never, I don't try to be polarizing and therefore it never occurs to me that this is going to get me in trouble or anything like that. But, but, you know, you you walk on eggshells more and more these days, which is unfortunate for, for comedy, I think, and for all of us. Well, I'm curious as, you know, we just ended the 2022 midterms, which means everything's revving up to 2024. And so maybe we'll see you on Broadway doing something fabulous. But I'm curious, like, let's take off our American citizen voting hat for a second. Okay. And let's put on producer, performer, extraordinary Randy Rainbow hat on for a minute. So who do you, do you want Trump to be the nominee for the Republicans? So you have so much fodder. I actually have that hat. Literally put the hat on. Thank you so much for this. Do you want Trump to be the nominee or do you think there's equal um, material with DeSantis? Does it matter to you? Do you have a horse in this race based purely on the content that you can create? I would never say I want Trump to be elected or anything like that. You know, country first always. Um, but the good news is if you're a fan of my work, all of these assholes, you know, are, are just ripe for, for the picking and there's plenty of fodder all over. And, you know, DeSantis gave me one of my biggest hits this year. So I, you know, there's plenty to do with him. Yeah. There's going to be a lot. What was your big, one of your biggest hits based on DeSantis? What was I it? did, um, a song called gay which was the gayest parody I've ever done. It was to the tune of a song from um, a show called Once Upon a Mattress, which you have to be really gay to know that show. And I do know that um, show. Thank you very much. You do. I do. And who, and who, who, who was that the star vehicle for? Wait, was it Sarah Jessica six? Parker? Well, she you're, did see, one. You're, you're so young, Ross. She was, she did the revival in the nineties. Yeah. Who but did who it originated it? Carol Burnett. That, that's what uh-huh. made Carol Burnett a star. Thank you very much. There you go. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, so that was, uh, that was sort of, you know, an answer to his don't say gay bullshit. <laughs> so there's plenty, you know, Mike Pence, uh, he's going to be on the scene for a while. There's going to be a lot going on. I cannot wait. And again, 
I, I'm telling you, I will be turning to you to help make sense of all. We don't really get political on Hello Ross, but I, I, I will tell you, I am super political. And so I'm always looking, I'm keeping up with it. And like, I love how you, not only do you burst the balloon of it all, you know, by sort of mocking everything, right, left, everyone is fair game for you. But I love your, your point of view on it. And I think you speak for so many people and it just, it just, and it, but also at the end of the day, so freaking funny, just so well done, so funny. And I don't think you'll ever run out of material, which is why I, you will always work, Randy Rainbow. God bless you. I certainly hope you're right. And and yes, I you know, my grandmother instilled in me this sort of filter to see everything funny. So as long as there's, you know, a- anyone's talking about anything, yeah, I can make something of it. And I try not to, again, I, I don't try to, I don't come at it from a political place. I, 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 I've just I learned over the years that people were looking to me, as you're nice enough to say, for some political, uh, you know, opinion or or dare I say wisdom, which I don't think I have any of. I'm just spouting, uh, you know, whatever comes into my head. But but I don't go into it from a political standpoint. I go into it wanting to put on a show and do a musical production and have a great time. And I think ultimately that's what resonates with people first and foremost. So that's my rule is Go have go have fun. Put on a wig, sing a song you love, and and have a good time with whatever the hell the topic may be. It's as simple as that. As simple as that. Wear a damn wig. <laughs> I don't have to tell you. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that I do know. I think or do about. And Ross, may I may I chime in for just a minute to 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 turn this back on you for just a moment sure. and just say that there's no way to say this without so- sounding patronizing or something. But I just, I, I'm so proud of you and I just watching you, I, like I said, I think that we're, we're simpatico in a lot of ways and seeing your, your, your ascent and your success and why, and seeing you be out there being an authentic, true version of yourself is just a joy and uh, very inspiring and always has been. It's not supposed to be about me, but Randy Rainbow, that means a lot to me. Thank you. Well, you. I'm going to I'm gonna put this in my little true. diary um, for today. And it means a lot to me. You know, listen, I think we, I think we see each other. You say we're cut from the same cloth. There's a lot of people I see that I will reach out to and just say, you're doing it. Great job. Cause I, I remember I started back in 2001. It was a very different landscape out there. And, and so I think we have to support the, the lucky gays who ha- whose voices break through. And so that's what I felt when I saw you. I thought, yes, yes, he's meant to be doing that. He has carved out a lane for him that nobody else has done. Nobody else can, can compete with. And that everybody who tries, God bless them, will be compared to you because you are the first one to do it. it. It's so smart what you've done. It's so well done. And people need to know how difficult it is to do what you have done. And so, um, okay, we're, now we're just kissing each other's ass, but I really mean everything I just said. And, and that's, Mad respect. Seriously. Absolutely. Thanks, Ross. Thank you. It means a lot. It's well-deserved. Well, listen, I have to tell you, I'm such a fan of yours. You, When I was putting a list together of people I wanted to have my podcast, you were at the top because I just think you have just done something extraordinary and I cannot wait to see what you have to say next. I, I want to say good luck at the Grammys. I, I hope you win mostly. So I am thanked. 
Um, uh, congratulations on all your four Emmy nominee nominations. You're a New York Times bestselling author, playing with myself, available in stores and online. And of course, you can listen to the Randy Rainbow podcast every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. Randy Rainbow, keep doing you, okay? Thank you, honey. Right back at you. Love you. Thank you so much. I love you too. We'll be right back with my happy ending. It's the very best thing I've seen all week. Such a, a big thank you to Randy Rainbow and a thank you to our listeners for dealing with my big husky B. Arthur of a voice. Thank you. Thank you. Luckily, I'm back, you know, with my full-throated feminine flair. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening. Also, if you um, want more of me and Randy Rainbow, we did our final five as a YouTube exclusive. It's free. All you have to do is search Hello Ross or go to the Cumulus YouTube channel um, and it'll be there. It's me asking five questions submitted from you listeners uh, and uh, Randy answers them. So go, go watch that if you want. Every episode, every interview I do here on Hello Ross is available on that YouTube channel as well. It's all free of charge. So if you want to see us, me and, our, and my guests in all our Zoom glory, um, you can go get that right now. So thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to see who pops by next week to say Hello Ross. Hey, it's me, Ross Matthews. Thanks so much for listening. It means a ton. Make sure you like us, give us a good review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find us on video at Cumulus Podcast Network on YouTube. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Should we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.